Welcome to Engage Your Tribe, a podcast about the art and science of audience engagement. I'm Jeremy Shear, and my guest is Aaron Murray, VP of Marketing at Points. Aaron, it's great to have you on the program. Thanks, Jeremy. So before we dive into our discussion, I'm just going to do a little quick shameless plugging. Engage Your Tribe is brought to you by Tribal Knowledge Podcasting. That's my full-service B2B podcasting agency. And we help B2B brands use podcasting as a fun and efficient way to have authentic, non-salesy type conversations with buyers and decision makers that you want to get to know to grow your business. And you can learn more at tribknowledge.com. Okay, so now that that's out of the way, Erin, tell us a little bit about your background in marketing and about points. Sure. So I have worked in loyalty marketing for over 20 years. I started at, at Air Miles, which is Canada's largest coalition loyalty program, was there for roughly 10 years, and now I'm at Points. And Points is a loyalty e-commerce company. The quickest and easiest way to describe that is we work with airlines and hotels to help them grow their business through their loyalty program. So are they looking to grow revenue, maximize profitability, increase member engagement? We have a number of loyalty solutions that we'll partner with them on to meet those objectives. Okay. And I, you know, I think all of our listeners are familiar with those loyalty programs. We're all part of them. Like we, we, we do it with Southwest. Right. You guys work with Southwest? We do. We do. Okay. They're well, there you go. Our biggest, greatest partners. Okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. So now I'm, I know now the kind of on the back end, what powers all that? Yeah. Well, well, there's a number of different things like the, a loyalty program has, we don't power the actual loyalty program. We work with them on ancillary products to help them generate more revenue. So in the case of Southwest, mm -hmm. it would be to enable their members to buy miles directly from Rapid Rewards. So that okay. that's a revenue stream to Southwest, but also enables members to redeem as quickly as they need to. Okay. Yeah. Very interesting. So now I know that in your line of work, in your business, it's usually not enough to connect with just one persona at a given account, right? You need to be talking to a lot of different kind of decision makers. And it's often like the CMO. And as you told me when we spoke a little bit ago, also the CFO who might, and those two might not see things eye to eye always, be, especially because the CFO might be like, well, wait, isn't this just going to cost us money? Like, where's the, where's the value here? So, but, but I, I'm, I'm not saying that the right way. Like, so typically what is the CFO's concern that you have to deal with? Well, I think so. You're right. It's it's really like we're we're targeting the CMO, the loyalty leader within the organization, and the CFO. And and often, I mean, historically, a CFO and a CMO can be at odds with each other because mm -hmm. mar marketing represents the biggest cost center for an organization usually. But I think the fact that we're relying more and more on data to inform our marketing, and especially with loyalty, loyalty is, is you know, a wealth of data. So all the marketing is done through, through some sort of data-informed campaign. That really helps to bring a CMO and a CFO together because you can see, okay, if I spend X on this customer, I know I'm going to get back this much in value you over time. So, I mean, the reason that they were all at odds in the past is that it was a lot of put money out there and let's fingers crossed 
this is going to turn into an increased customer engagement and more revenue for the business. But it was really hard to find those proof points. So I would say that that the data does a lot of the work for us to win that CFO over. But it's around then really trying to to put together the most compelling story because I think their concerns they have a, it's not just the bottom line like clearly anything that that's related to the bottom line they're concerned about but if for our partners in particular airline and hotels uh, who operate loyalty programs they their CFO is concerned about liability so all of those miles mm. that that sit on the books that aren't getting redeemed are is a cost so they might be more concerned with clearing liability or they might be more concerned with the average cost of a mile they might be more concerned just with generating revenue but it's really important that you understand what those unique concerns are from the cfo's perspective so you can craft the most compelling story that's going to resonate okay right and so and of course that's where you and your team come in now are you does that mean that you're enabling say, the CMO at a given account that you're working with to do that? Or are you messaging directly to the CFO? Or is it kind of a combination of both of those things? Uh, I mean, generally, our contact would be more along the CMO, our key contact and the key decision mm-hmm. maker, but nothing really goes goes through, especially on big new partnerships that especially something like I referenced with, with Southwest that involves selling miles, which is, again, miles have a value to any organization. So a CFO has to be involved in those decisions. But we are often in the same room during pitches to present that case to the CFO or or are arming the CMO with all the material that they might need to provide that to that case back to the business. Okay. And that material, I'm sure covers a range of stuff, but you already mentioned it's a lot, you know, it's data points, right? To be able to show kind of concrete evidence of, we're not just saying that this can grow revenue, like here's the proof, right? right. And I know that you guys have your own analytics team, right? So you can work closely with them. Just what does that look like? Because, you know, marketing people and data people or analytics people don't always come from like the same universe exactly, right? So what's the nature of that relationship for you guys at points? And like, how do you manage that? How do you how do you get the most valuable value from working with your colleagues in analytics? Yeah, I think you're right that that you know analytics and and marketing people don't always seem to come from the same backgrounds and the and care about the same things. And but I think those worlds are becoming so much closer over the past few years and so much more entwined that it's very difficult to imagine an effective marketing organization without a really sophisticated analytics team sitting um, behind the scenes. So. Everything we do as an organization is grounded in data and analytics. And if we were talking about from a from a B2C and a B2B perspective, and if we were mm-hmm. going to go and pitch to a partner, just as I mentioned, we need to understand what the CFO cares about or what the CMO cares about or whoever is in the room, we need to craft the message and customize it based on on those concerns. And that's when data comes in. So they're, they're going to help us pull together all of the data points that we need and proof points to, to kind of win the day. 
And, and mm-hmm. I mean, at, at points in particular, because we work with dozens of partners, we need a really sophisticated analytics team to be able to have that view, kind of that provide that an, uh, anonymized view of what's happening within the industry so that we can can um, really resonate with who's ever in the room on that pitch day. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, you know, you hear a lot about sales and marketing alignment. Yeah. which of course is very important, but you don't hear as much about about marketing and analytics alignment. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just as obviously important, right? Absolutely. And, and you need all of those things, right? I mean, I mean, really, everybody should be aligned, like all of the functions in a company, if you're really firing on all cylinders. But at the very least, from a marketing perspective, you're like, well, we need to be talking to sales, of course, yeah. and we need to be, hopefully we have a strong anal- analytics team and we need to be talking to them too and have really open channels of communication if, if our marketing is really going to be as, as good and useful as it can be. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, it's anything from, I mean, marketing effectiveness is really, it really hinges on the analytics that sits in the background. So if we're trying to figure out the best possible way to reach a member and we know they're inundated with, with emails and, and demand generation, paid media, everything, we have to leverage that data to determine what channel do we, do we reach them through, who should receive this message. And, and really that ultimately leads to better performance, more engaged members. So I can't imagine a world where marketing and, and data don't coexist. Yeah. And I think that would probably go for just about any business, right? right. You know, but, but especially so if one of your main targets, one of your main personas is a CFO. Right. You just know, though, that's going to really resonate with, with those sorts of people that, that speaks their language. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so switching gears a little bit for a second, what's a marketing trend or a channel or a, a concept that you think is maybe a little overrated? Hmm. Um, I guess I, I have worked in, as I said, in database marketing for a really long time. So I have a hard time picking like a winner or a loser from a channel perspective. I really mm-hmm. think that it's every channel can be effective if you're reaching the right member. So again, it's about understanding what member, what a member wants to see through what channel and reaching them through, through that. So if it's from a B2C perspective, it's really just about every channel is effective if you can target mm-hmm. the right segment. From a B2B perspective, it's the same thing. Like you really are are depending on the persona you're trying to reach out to, there's going to be more effective channels in for certain demographics and, and less for others. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a good diplomatic answer. And of course, it's true. <laughs> it's yeah. a true answer. So what about on the flip side? What's a, a marketing idea or trend that you think is maybe underrated? Well, I would say there's a lot of talk right now, less about a marketing trend, more channel, but uh, mm-hmm. a lot of talk that email is dead. I think that that couldn't be farther from the truth. I think email is a highly effective channel when used properly. And and certainly, again, the same way that in the last example I was talking about, reach out to the right person through the right channel. Email doesn't work for certain for for certain um, customers, but it it certainly does for others. I mean, we found that email really doesn't work in in APAC. So when we're looking to grow our business mm-hmm. in Asia Pacific, we we tend to to steer clear from that channel. 
but it is highly effective as a part of an omni-channel B2B and B2C marketing mix in in any other ca- campaign that, that I've worked on. Yeah, good point. Right. I mean, you anytime you read something like such and such is dead, yeah. I was like, mm, grain of salt, big grain of salt. Like, you know, really, is it is it really dead? And yeah. I mean, we all, anyone in business still uses a lot of email, exactly. right? That's just obviously true. And it's funny, like, my kids who are 20, they don't email at all. I know. I have to beg them, like, please check your email. You're missing, you know, this and that. But they just think of it as like work. Right. You know, and, it's and that's lame. It. It's, it's like it's understanding those different demographics and knowing even they also won't. It's not just that they won't open email. They would never read two paragraphs. So if, right. you're, if, you're, if you're trying to engage a younger demographic, it's short sweet their attention span is no more than 20 seconds <laughs> and, yeah um, right yeah but generally from a b2b perspective we're uh we're still dealing with the old guard so email is, is email is definitely effective it's still a killer app r- yeah. really i mean it's you know it's proven the test of time like i'm old enough to remember literally remember when email became a thing right that everyone could use totally. and i remember how difficult it was at first like yeah. The interfaces made no sense. And, and I remember even thinking like, this isn't going to last. Oh, absolutely. Because it was so hard. Walking to the library to use email because that's how yeah. you could access it. And no, it's it's come a long way. But I think if, if I mean, we, we are frequent users of it, but definitely yeah. to think about the number of emails that you completely disregard. Uh, I mean, I get hundreds a right. day. So it is, again, it's back to that data personalization if you want to break through that's the most important aspect is that you have to be relevant you have to know as much about that customer as possible and serve up the most relevant message yeah right and and like that's true for any channel and because email is there there's no barrier to entry for anybody and it's it's been around for so long it's it's it gets harder and harder to break through but it is still one of the best ways, really, one of the most direct ways and so easily trackable and, and all that stuff. So, yes. yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for that. Really enjoyed our conversation. Thanks for your time. Yeah, me too, Jeremy. Thank you. Take right. care. That's it for this episode of Engage Your Tribe. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. You know you want to. If you're a marketer or an internal communicator and you're interested in podcasting, we've got tons of free resources on the website at tribknowledge.com. That's T-R-I-B knowledge.com. Thanks for listening and staying engaged.